from meager beginnings as an adolescent ambulance washer in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, to a decade-long legacy of bringing you breaking news before it makes the news. Broadcasting live from the studios of Scared Monkeys Radio Network via C-Band Satellite W3-957, Access Communications Channel 7, and worldwide via digital streaming audio at scaredmonkeysradio.com, it's the Dana Pretzer Show. And now, your host, Dana Pretzer. Okay, good evening, everyone. Uh, let's start this way. Robert Blake, O.J. Simpson, Michael Jackson, and now uh, Casey Anthony. I don't know. You're going to hear Tim Miller a little bit uh, talk about how he thinks the media uh, made Casey Anthony a celebrity, and that's one of the reasons she walked. But someone who's been covering this story since day one, uh, Blink from Blink on Crime. So uh, what's going on? It's been pretty boring the last few days. Oh my God! Good evening, Dana. How are you? I'm not bad. At the at the start of the show, I went back deep into the archives and I played about an eight minute interview I did with Cindy Anthony, and it's interesting in that interview where she and I know you have a part in this too, where she uh, her and I are talking, and I'm going to play it again at the end of the show for those that didn't get a chance to hear it, uh, how she's talking about Kaylee's upcoming uh, third birthday. And she makes a couple of comments that uh, got my spider senses tingling a little bit at the time when I did the interview and and even today, uh, where she talks about how she doesn't think that her daughter, Casey, has done anything premeditated. First, who, who talks like that and uses the term premeditated unless you're blinking in and doing an interview? Uh, the second thing is I start asking her about Texas EquiSearch, and, and Tim Miller's going to come on and talk about that in a little bit, and he's going to talk about some possible cost recovery, and I'll let you interpret that as you wish, uh, and how she's never heard of them, and, and uh, she'd really appreciate it if I told her about that. So uh, it's some interesting Anthony audio that I'll play again at the end of the show, but uh, actually you, Blinkster, you had a little something to do with uh, Texas EquiSearch and the Anthony family, did you not? I did. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I'm very fond of Tim. I, I was down uh, and worked with Texas EquiSearch uh, in, in investigative analysis and also on some other things that I'm not sure that we're all real ready to talk about yet <laughs> until right. we see what's going to shake out. Yep. Um, but early on, uh, I reached out to when I heard that uh, Leonard Padilla, through his nephew, by the way, Leonard can't post anything. Um, the bond needed to be posted by Tony Padilla. And when I found out he was posting that bond, and there was certainly, there was a lot of backlash. People didn't want her to be getting out or what have you. Uh, Tony and I connected, and I asked him, I said, okay, if, if you say that your reasons are pure, that, and, you know, at the time Leonard was saying, we want, we want to find out where the child is. We want to know. So that's why we're bonding her out. There's nothing nefarious. There's nothing self-promotional. And I will say for the record, I believe that strongly about Tony Padilla. We all know where <laughs> Leonard falls into the mix. Yeah. But I, I'm confident. And, and one of the ways to prove that is when I said to him, you know, basically put your money where your mouth is. If I can arrange uh, participation from Orange County Sheriff's Office, if I can arrange participation from Tim Miller and Texas EquiSearch, do you agree to have Cindy, you and her together, reach out to Texas EquiSearch and ask for their assistance in locating Kaylee um, as a, not a, a written um, condition of her bond, but 
certainly he has the capability to uh, emphasize that strongly. A lot of people don't know this, but the person outside of Tracy that spent the most time one-on-one without anybody, you know, other than Cindy around, and Tracy wasn't around either, was Tony Padilla. Yep. Stacy made him dinner. Yep. Yeah, and... and go ahead. No, and, and it's Leonard uh, who is... Uh, all over the cable airwaves about this blink from blink on crime is here and and, and are we digging up old stuff that's not important no, i don't think so you know we can t- we'll talk about the not guilty and all that in a minute here because there's uh, there there's stuff to talk about when it comes to this but i think we need to dissect a little bit of this whole uh story you know the investigation is one thing, but there's a, you know, the story behind the story blink, and uh, I think that's what the people are going to be interested in uh, now, uh, because you can only play the clip. And I think it's fascinating if you remember when OJ was found not guilty, and the poor court clerk was reading it, and how she stumbled over his name. I do. And wasn't it kind of strange that when the court clerk was reading this verdict, how she stumbled through it a little bit? That's a tough job being a court clerk uh, to, to in a high-profile case like this. But, uh, yeah, and I started out saying Michael Jackson, Robert Blake, O.J. Simpson, now Casey Anthony. And, and, and I, I want to ask you this question. Did, did the media make Casey Anthony a celebrity and is that why it's not guilty today? There is no question in my mind whatsoever that, number one, they, the media made Casey Anthony a celebrity, and they can't do that on their own. So they have to have an audience um, to do that. But absolutely, ABC paid her yep. $275,000. They paid for her defense. This woman has a $70,000 federal tax lien right now for not paying taxes on that money. Yep. Yes, they did. They made her a celebrity, and they paid for her defense. Until such time, it was worked out that she became indigent. Uh, and when you want to talk about what, where we're going from here, there were papers filed today uh, by Linda Drain Burdick, State of Florida, to recover the investigative costs associated with what she has been convicted on, which is lying to law enforcement. And I can promise you it's going to be a fat bill. You'll hear, uh, again, Tim Miller talk uh, in a little bit about cost recovery, a hundred and some thousand dollars. I forget the exact amount right now. And uh, is he saying lawsuit? No. In fact, he'll say, I'm not saying lawsuit. I'm saying we're looking at cost recovery. And when you talk about that, and I want to get your thoughts on what you think the sentence will be tomorrow. Uh, will she spend more time in jail? Will she not spend more time in jail? But, again, I think it's more important, and Pat Brown's going to be on after you, uh, to ask you this question, and, of course, it's what I'm going to talk about to Pat. When you have a high-profile accused, uh, whether it's O.J. Simpson, whether it's Robert Blake, whether it's Michael Jackson, whether it's Casey Anthony, and they beat the charge, for lack of a better term. What is that possibility as a as a profiler, as someone who, who follows the case like you do, writes about it, analyzes it, for a reoffension, somebody to reoffend? Something's going to happen. What's going to happen? We can pontificate and we can talk about this lots, but I think that's important because this gal is going to probably walk out of jail tomorrow or not. You know, she may spend a little bit more time in there. 
but I think it's important to look at that possibility of reoffending. Well, the rate of recidivism for someone in her situation is over eighty-five percent. Yep. So, to answer your question, she will reoffend. She has learned um, that everything she's done and all of the people that she's robbed, hurt, and in her daughter's case, murdered. There's, she was found not guilty, but I stand by my assertion that she murdered her her daughter. Um, I have the right to do that, and when you have somebody that has spent their entire life evading truth for their own personal uh, narcissism, you bet in some way she's going to reoffend. This is this isn't going to end here. She's you know while she's been made a celebrity, if you will, um, she's also a pariah. Yeah, by you know folks that are you know have an actual conscience and have the ability to see past um, what it is that, you know, what, what do you call that, like, kind of kaleidoscope filter that you can't look away from the accident? Sure. Um, and our, our actual advocates. They're, I mean, have you seen, you know, do you mind if I interview you on your own show? Sure. <laughs> have you seen this mm-hmm. reaction? Oh, yeah. This, you know, guttural emotional reaction since at least the OJ case? Yeah, well, uh, no, no. To be quite honest with you, no. Uh, I, in fact, I was doing some research uh, before the show to, to try and bring up some examples. And, of course, I, I brought up Blake and, and Jackson, but it was kind of 50-50. Most thought that they were innocent. Most thought they were guilty. But now it's just, uh, and, and I, I'm going to use the term raw emotion because you can... Uh, throw out yes. so, you can throw out some some f bombs on here too, but that's not going to do anybody any good. Uh, uh, but the next question I have, and and uh, again, it seems like when I have you on, our time goes by really fast. Is the the system itself? We all know she was found not guilty. We can sit back and we can blame the jury. We can blame this. We can say the prosecutor did a great job. The defense was lousy. The judges, all that sort of stuff. But let's talk about the jury system a little bit blank. you got 12 people that all of a sudden have to become experts or they're expected to look at the evidence, analyze the evidence, and, uh, you know, reasonable doubt. Is today's society, with all the CSI, uh, with all the media, with all the, um, the talking heads out there, is there too much pressure put on juries that... When they look at a case, it has to be more than uh, the way that this case was circumstantial. I guess some would say there has to be that smoking gun, that positive DNA test, that video, that whatever. Is that too much pressure on juries? Is this why we have that? Or is this just was uh, a case of uh, starstruck jury? Uh, we want to, uh, you know, there was nothing to, to, to uh, say that this girl actually did this, no cause of death, uh, and we're going to let her go. What, what's your opinion? Well, the short answer is yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> I believe <laughs> I believe that um, if you call, when we were in the uh, voir dire portion where they were selecting the jury, I and you and I spoke on your show, yeah. I said, by the way, sequestration in a high-profile case does not work. It, it just doesn't. It, it's unnatural. 
um, it, it makes me want to, you know, write legislation for professional juries because, frankly, what, everything that you said is accurate. And I don't, I'm not disrespecting um, the system overall, but I will tell you this. I'm looking at jurors, public relations letters that went to my firm yeah. <laughs> asking for five figures for interviews and would not contemplate appearances, and that is juror number six, Yep. Uh, the 32-year-old married father of two small children. I mean, uh, that happened today. Tonight on, I believe, Diane Sawyer is a woman by the name of Jennifer Ford, um, who was a nursing student, uh, who is speaking out to say that they were sick over the verdict. They uh, found her not innocent, but, you know, the things that go with that, not to, to go off on a tangent. The system itself, in my mind, if it can't work in a sunshine state where there are sunshine laws, and we knew everything. About I shouldn't say everything. We knew the majority of the public knew, knew almost everything about this case. If it doesn't work there, I don't know even where to start. They they were told in that trial that uh, folks made, you know, in particular the Anthony's made twenty thousand dollars or what have you. But they weren't allowed to know that Casey made over three quarter or, or a quarter of a million dollars. Right. And. So, logically, because this was a whole high-profile case, and they, the jury, it wasn't a fact where they could never have heard of it would preclude them from being a, a juror. It was if they had formed an opinion. And I just don't think that worked to negating somebody's, you know, starry eyes, if you will. And I'm not making any individual accusations, but I will tell you this. You can't tell me that a jury um, that took copious notes then left, the some of them left their notebooks on their chairs. Yeah, I know. When they went to deliberate, okay? Yep. Then they never asked for a transcript. They never asked to go to the scene. They never asked to smell the liner. Yep. They never asked a single question. Yep. Although... During the trial, they had asked to pass around the heart sticker. Something's wrong. Yep. In between that time where five alternates went, went away, and they didn't know there were alternates until they began to deliberate. And they, you know, one of them had a cruise on the 7th of July that they were looking to meet. In my opinion, because of the sequestration, they, they want to go home. But they also knew that if they found her guilty of either of the um, murder charges, that they were going to have another 48 hours until the penalty phase. So, you know, you have people who want to go home. And in a way, Judge Perry had prepared them to say, look, we're trying to keep this on point, blah, blah. It doesn't work. In my mind... If you could, as you said, O.J., Robert Blake, you know, we could go on and on. Uh, Phil Spector even had a good run sure. with a yep. mistrial in the first one. Yep. Um, but, no, people understand that there's money to be made. And 
Todd Macaluso, we talked about him previously. He was a, a defense attorney out of San Diego who was operating under a pro hoc vitae. He actually, he was suspended from practicing law in the middle of it, was interviewed yesterday. He went on TV and said, Casey is going to be a millionaire. Yep. She is going to uh, do well. She's going to go live someplace else. And by the way, I personally donated $75,000 to her defense. I'm not asking for it back. <laughs> by the way, that's illegal. You cannot advance fees in a criminal case. <laughs> you know... It- Everybody had their hand in the in the jar. Exactly. Blink from Blink on Crime is here. Our sister blog, uh, BlinkOnCrime.com. You know, again, going back to this, and we can we've analyzed the evidence. We've talked about it. We could say what went wrong, what went right. Uh, but uh, let's talk again about the media aspect of it. About the media making KCA. Uh, a celebrity. Uh, again, I'll go back to my conversations, and I'll play it again at the end of the show. I did a couple of them, but this is one of the longer ones with George and Cindy Anthony before the big media had grabbed all over this. I'll never forget uh, having Cindy and George booked on the show one night, and uh, the phone rings, and it's Cindy Anthony. And she says, sorry, I can't come on your show. I said, well, why is that? She says, I've been contacted by a, a media representative um, oh. I won't mention his, <laughs> Larry. I, Larry, yeah. And he says not to go on your show to, uh, it, uh, that I should stick to, uh, more high profile. She never said paying, but she said more high profile, uh, interviews and have him clear them. And I said, oh, is that right? That's, that's interesting because Larry Garrison himself, has been a guest on this program many times, and and it's those types of um, media lizards I'm going to call them that that attach themselves to stories like this uh, that take them that will grab these jurors that will grab the alternate like this dopey alternate juror that's all over the media now uh, the one that's a rumor that has gone to Disneyland or Disney World and all this kind of stuff is it time blink that we take the cameras out of the courtrooms. It's such a it's a difficult question to ask me, Dana, because I'm an analyst. I know, and I think that there needs to be transparency. I don't think it's the uh, camera in the courtrooms per se, because I think in this particular case, if you if you want to develop advocacy, there has to be a. Um, this is going to seem an odd analogy now. But there has to be a payoff to those that want to advocate. In other words, that, that um, are going to see maybe evidence that hadn't seen before. And, and literally, I think one of the disjoints was that the 25,000, no, I'm wrong, it might even be more than that, um, pages, I think it might be up to 30,000 pages of discovery mm-hmm. in this case that were made public um, months before the trial there is a, there was a lot you know a lot less content in in the cases. Not a lot of that gets in, you know. So from that salacious perspective, if you've got people following the case, then then maybe that that is what needs to be cut back yep. in terms of the discovery. It is what it is in the state of Florida, and that's not going to change. Do I think the sunshine laws impacted it? Of course I do, and I would think that either way, because as you see. In my mind, we have a jury that may or may not have been impartial. And how did they get that way? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, they weren't seen on camera. And right now, and this is not going to last 24 hours, I'll predict this right now, uh, Judge Perry motioned to keep the jurors' names uh, quiet, sealed, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. I know that he was not aware of this, but all that really did was give him 24 hours, and in a lot of cases, to secure interviews and agents. Because you know and I know, if there is so much as a a breath of impropriety that (laughs) scared funkies (laughs) flick on crime and half the free world is going to know everything and every, you know, uh, burp and giggle of these folks going forward. So if there is something untoward, I promise you it will come out. It always does. You already have, you know, a, a jury that said, we don't, you know, we'll take questions in this order. We all got the press release. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a press conference. They all agreed to it. And then what? And then what? They said, we're not talking to anybody. Nobody is, emphatically. Well, in 24 hours, juror number six is talking. Juror number three is talking. Well, how does that happen? Somebody didn't keep their word. No. Oh, all I could do is sigh. Uh, blink from Blink on Crime is here. Uh, your prediction on the sentencing on the lying to police. Now, and I've had a couple of email questions asking about the check charges. Uh, that, I'm sure, has been served by now, the sentence that she got on that. It has been served? I don't yes. know. Yeah, I'm asking. It has. It has been served, and it depends on um, how Casey is sentenced tomorrow. If she is sentenced concurrently... Yep. She will likely go home. Yep. If she is sentenced consecutively, she is likely to be released in the area of April. Which, based on the fact that she, the fact that she has had six felony convictions and some of these other underlying issues, I believe will be the case. I don't believe that Judge Perry will sentence her concurrently. No. But I'm not, you know, it's up to him. And, and I what, can't say. He, he presided over this trial, so I, I can't really say. I, I think that, I don't know, have you watched the coverage with Jeff Ashton today, ladies? Yes. What a contrast in grace. Well, he was just uh, unbelievable. I mean, he, what he, he actually complimented Jose Baez. Uh, he said he was steadfast in, in what he believed. Um, and one thing I want to touch on is I was really under the impression from my contacts that Cindy Anthony was likely not face perjury charges for this trial. I got to tell you, I believe that for uh, Linda Drainberg and the state to file for special uh, uh, funding and to Bill Casey for investigative resources, I believe that's a precursor to charging Cindy. Yeah. Jeff Ashton said it this morning. He said he was asked by Matt Lauer, you know, she clearly perjured herself, and Jeff agreed. And he said, do you think she's going to, um, you know, go to jail? Do you think she's going to be arrested? And he said, you know, Thank God I'm retiring, so that's not a you know, decision I have to make. <laughs> but I will tell you this: it's made by a different you know body of our office, and she might. Yeah, she just might because of the high-profile nature of the case. And the other thing is, in a capital case, in a death penalty case, the 
the punishment for perjury is up to 15 years. It's not a little deal. So that's part of it. And then as we progress, I've had, you know, conversations over the last two days with a federal attorney. I mean, the, folks are so outraged over this verdict that they're literally looking at every, you know, were Kaylee's civil rights violated and can that be proven? There's just such a hunger for, you know, overturning the injustice. And, and in my mind, that is what this has been. Yeah, right. I, I don't know. She's dead. She's, 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 she's a baby. And her parents lied. Uh, did they, you know, try to help her out? Yes. Did I try to help themselves out? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, and we talked about it last week. It's like a bunch of grifters. <laughs> At the end of the day, she's still deceased, and there's nobody that's going to pay for that. Yeah. So how do you, you know, how do you, how do you move on? You you need to inspire advocacy in people that you know give. That's what makes us what you know what we do. You're an advocate. I'm an advocate. This is important information. We want to inspire others to act on it and to be compassionate. How do you develop and craft the um, the takeaway from this? Because it certainly didn't go as planned. Yeah, sure didn't. Blink from uh, Blink on Crime. Uh, thank you, ma'am. Uh, your coverage on this case, uh, A1. Uh, it's not done yet, uh, but it's uh, the system. Uh, it's the system that we have, we, we, we work with, we live with. I've worked with it, uh, besides what I do here for, you know, the jury system for many, many years. And, uh, we do get disappointments like this. Uh, I've personally investigated, uh, uh cases where, uh, young children have been killed by parents and, and seen something like this happen or a very weak case. Uh, you know, justice for Kaylee is what's important. And as long as you keep doing the good work that you do, Blank, uh, justice will be served. It's not always served in the courtroom, but it certainly is uh, served in the court of public opinion. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, friend, and thank you for your service. Talk to you. Be well. Bye-bye. That's Blink uh, from Blink on Crime. I apologize about the beep, 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 but uh, that's not on my end. That was Blink's phone going crazy. Uh, We're going to come back in a minute here and um, talk to Pat Brown, criminal profiler, and I want to talk to Pat about the chances of Someone. Now we're not going to uh, point fingers, but the chances of a person who has been uh, acquitted of charges reoffending, and of course get her thoughts on uh, the the trial and the verdict. And then a little bit later on, Tim Miller is going to talk about Texas EquiSearch's role in this whole case. And will Texas EquiSearch be, um, let's just say, going after the Anthony family for some cost recovery? And then you're going to hear an interview, and I think it's fascinating, that I did with Cindy Anthony uh, a few years back. And I want you to sit back and analyze it a little bit and analyze her speech. This interview that you'll hear with me was never played in the media. It was never played in the court. But I think there's some words that Cindy uses that are very interesting, very important, about what she did know or what she didn't know. My name's Dana Pretzer. This is Scared Monkeys Radio. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. This is the Dana Pretzer Show here on Scared Monkeys Radio. Always a pleasure to have criminal profiler Pat Brown on the program. Hi, Pat. Hey, good evening, Dana. Uh, the verdict. 
Not guilty. I, I, I brought up uh, Robert Blake, uh, OJ, of course, Michael Jackson. We could probably throw out names here. Um, Tim Miller from Texas EquiSearch is going to be on the show in a little bit. And, and he makes the quote that the media made Casey Anthony a celebrity, and maybe that had a little something to do with this. Your thoughts on the verdict? Well, the only way I think it has anything to do with anything is that the jurors going in could have motives somewhere, not to do with justice, shall we say. Yeah. Because one of the things that of course asks the jurors is, do you know anything about this case? Mm-hmm. And as we all pointed out, if you don't know anything, you're under a rock, and that's kind of strange right there. If you do know something about the case, who says it's going to tell the truth? You can simply lie. They're not going to give you a polygraph. So if you know about the case, and you know it's a big celebrity case, and if you take this case and you, they're a juror, you might get a book deal yourself. You might make money. You might be a might be famous. They say, no, I've never heard about the case. <laughs> and so the motives have to be real suspect as to why any of the jurors said, yes, they'll go do their citizen's duty. Criminal profiler Pat Brown is here. Pat, before uh, I started the program, I aired an interview that I did with uh, Cindy Anthony uh, back in 2008, whenever it was. It's very interesting. This is before this went very viral on the uh, in the media, and she's talking to me on the on the um, uh, on the interview, and I'm going to play it again after you and I are done here. And she, I want people to listen to it, but I want to ask you this. She makes this, and it's maybe a little unfair because you haven't heard the audio, but she makes a comment to me about Casey and that how she doesn't think there's anything premeditated that her daughter has done. Who talks like that? You know, who who says uses the term premeditated? And, and and I think it's interesting. This audio was never heard in court. It was never the media never picked up on it because I'm just this lowly schlomp up in Canada that does these interviews. But you know, I get the same interviews that the big boys do. And and when Cindy Anthony is talking like that three years ago and talking about premeditation, don't you think that's a little bit strange? Well, I think we most of us believe that Cindy knew exactly what happened. Oh, yeah. Once she smelled that dead body in the trunk, and her granddaughter had been missing for days, and she already knows exactly what Casey is like. I think she is not that stupid not to be able to put two and two together. Maybe the jury can't put two and two together, but she certainly could. And she knew her granddaughter was dead, and she knew who was responsible. Yep. So <laughs> from the beginning, she knew that a crime had been committed. And who committed that crime? Absolutely. And so, of course, she was talking about what she knew. Absolutely. Pat Brown is here. Uh, let's talk about, um, we'll say, uh, of course, we don't want to say names. Oh, hell yeah, let's say names. Casey Anthony has been acquitted. Uh, and uh, you put your profiler hat on now. And uh, talk about those, uh, OJ, etc., that have been acquitted of charges and the possibility that they will reoffend. Well, the problem with our, our theory sometimes that they're going to reoffend right away doesn't really work out. In reality, unless we're talking about a serial killer, they may not reoffend for year upon year upon year, if at all. Because they, these kind of people tend to offend, offend, commit an offense when it's convenient for them, when it's a necessity. And that necessity might not arise again for them in that way. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not going to continue to be psychopathic does not mean they're not going to continue to manipulate people and, and abuse people and use them. Uh, they may commit some crimes, but not necessarily homicide. 
So, so what happens is they can go walking around on the earth, and generally speaking, they may not be going out and killing anybody again, or you know they might, but we don't know that. Uh, so they can go back into life, and what happens is a very bizarre kind of rehabilitation because people will say, actually, in a few years, well, she hasn't done anything. So she maybe maybe she really didn't do anything, and and we should give her a chance to live her life, and uh, you know everybody deserves another chance, and then you just want to scream because I mean, hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, Kaylee is dead. Yeah, Kaylee is absolutely dead, and uh, and she didn't die on her own. She died at somebody's hand, and we most of us believe we know whose hand that was. And it's disgusting to see somebody walking around and completely, they are getting away with murder. Absolutely. Pat Brown is here. Uh, let's go back to the stars in your eyes theory. Uh, the jury, let's just uh, hypothetically say, had stars in their eyes and uh, figured that uh, how simple will this be to convict this gal? That's not much of a story. Uh, if we find her not guilty, uh, there are book deals and, and movies and, and TV and uh, and ABC will take us to Disneyland and all that sort of stuff. So that's hypothetical, of course. Cough, cough. Um, what about the fact of cameras in the courtroom? Are we making a mistake by allowing that and glorifying or Hollywoodizing some of these trials? In my opinion, yes. I believe that uh, the legal... Uh, a courtroom ought to be a place with great decorum. It shouldn't be a sideshow. Um, yes, we're going to talk about cases, what we know of them from the outside. But sure. inside that courtroom, it should be a very serious place. And I do not think, my opinion, is that cameras belong in there at all. And I don't believe it should be permitted that anybody associated with the case that is going to set foot in that courtroom can go on television either. I think that should be a conflict of interest right away. Yep. So if the defense attorney shows up on TV, it should be taken right off the case. That should be the end of that. Uh, anybody inside that courtroom cannot go on TV. That, that's my personal belief. But uh, And so we get to the point where we take justice seriously and make it some not a, not a uh, circus. And uh, I don't know where that all went down the toilet. I'm not quite sure. When there was a uh, on the Scared Monkeys website. There was a uh, a clip of Jose Baez mugging for the uh, I don't know if it was a pool camera or what it was in the hallway of the courtroom. He kind of did a kung fu stance or something for the camera. Now that that guy is just playing for the camera, and uh, they're oh, absolutely they're all playing absolutely. for the camera. And I, I I just think it's it's wrong. Of course, we're going to analyze cases. We're going to talk about them, but uh, it, it's all or not when it comes to the victim, which is Kaylee Marie Anthony, and it's all for now the craziness that will come because of the not guilty verdict. Your prediction on on what will happen now, of course, she'll get sentenced on the lying to police charge, uh, lots of talk that she'll just be uh, released because of time served, but uh, where do you think the story will go now, Pat? Uh, you know, I, I think we're going, we are going to see, I think, Unfortunately, Casey out there in the media, I think she's going to get her deals along the way. Um, and uh, there's nothing we can do about it because there's always going to be a market for it. Everybody's sitting here saying, I'm not going to buy that book or I'm not going to watch that movie. But in fact, yeah, Hollywood and the publishers know darn well that, that that stuff is going to sell like hotcakes. So she is going to be able to really capitalize on Kaylee's murder. Uh, and it, it's just, it is quite appalling. I think what I really want to bring out in this whole thing, though, and this is what we keep ignoring, and I heard it right after the verdict came down, um, 
from the prosecution and other people discussing the case, they immediately started saying, well, you know, justice, you know, this is the way it works in our court system, and they made this decision, and the prosecution should have put on a better case, I guess, and that's why they lost. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. We're, we're ignoring the elephant in the room, and that is our terrible jury system. I mean, there are a lot of countries in the world that do not use the jury system for good reason, and we hang on to the jury system like it's the most amazing, most wonderful thing. It's, you know, we have the best criminal justice system in the world, and I think it's about time we stop and say, you know, maybe we don't, quite frankly. Maybe it's about time we stop having 12 people with no background, no experience, no education, all kinds of motives, no psychological testing, going into a courtroom and making a decision on something they really, quite frankly, aren't capable of doing. And some of those people are very nice. Uh, Some people want to do the citizen's duty, and some of the jurors are excellent. But it's a crapshoot, and why do we think it is okay you know, to have a crapshoot on one of the most important things that we can do in the justice system? We, we try to prevent everything else, but when it comes down to the jury, it's a total crapshoot. And I think that's, that's absolutely outrageous, and it's not working, and I think it's about time we recognize the fact it does not work, and we start, have to start thinking about changing our system. One of my uh, listeners in the forum is asking me to ask you whether Pat Brownfield's attorney should receive text messages <laughs> while questioning a witness. I saw that too, and you got to admit this whole oh, this whole case was about as bizarre as you can get. Yeah, I mean, it, again, we, we're losing we're losing decorum. It's kind of almost the way I see some of our college classrooms these days. Uh, where instead of walking in and you see the professor standing there and he does his lecture and you take out your pen and paper. And that's what you've got to work with because you're focused on the professor and you're focused on taking your notes and paying attention. Instead, that poor, poor professor has to stand up in front of a bunch of people who have their laptops open and they're on Facebook. I mean, really? And they're, and they're texting in class. And if I were in those situations, I'd walk right out. So why is, why is our courtroom like that? Yeah. Why don't we have decorum in the courtroom so that people focus on what they should be focusing on and absolutely nothing else? That's for sure. Uh, there's some comments here that hopefully America will have no good memories of Casey Anthony, and uh, she'll be the uh, treat like O.J. Uh, when he was released. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. O.J. didn't suffer any. And, you know, people oftentimes think that somehow Casey's going to, she's going to suffer. She's going to have to live with the memory of what happened to her child. She already forgot about what happened to her child the day after it happened to her child. Yeah. She was out partying. She doesn't care. O.J. never cared. O.J. was living in a beautiful house with beautiful cars and beautiful people around him and having a great time. He didn't suffer one bit that his uh, you know, ex-wife and, and Ron were, were brutally murdered and that killer was out there. <laughs> you know, he didn't suffer one bit. And neither will Casey because what we know from psychopathic natures is that they move on to the next game very quickly. And as long as they can manipulate and play their games, they're perfectly happy. And when you uh, when you have a judge like Baez who was getting the questions texted to him to ask the witnesses, and then that uh, his client gets off, yeah, it just makes you look at the justice system and shake your head. Anyway, Pat Brown, always a pleasure. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you very much, Dana. Take care. Bye bye. That's criminal profiler Pat Brown. I sat down with Tim Miller from Texas EquiSearch today to get his thoughts on the Anthony verdict and Texas EquiSearch's um, involvement in the Anthony case. And I think you'll be uh, surprised to hear what he had to say. Here's Tim Miller. Okay, we're back. You all know Tim Miller from Texas EquiSearch. Hi, Tim. How are you? 
I'm okay, Dana. Just yeah. okay today. This has been uh, quite the whirlwind uh, going back to um, the search for Kaylee, uh, Texas EquiSearch's involvement. I, I'm assuming, I'm just guessing because I don't know the numbers, uh, tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, involved in the search. Uh, first of all, a quick uh, comment from you on the verdict. Uh, were you shocked? I was shocked. I was floored. Uh, it, it took my breath away. I, I, I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it. I still can't believe it. And, uh, you know, I got very close to the detectives in Florida. We was all working hand in hand for, for one reason. That was on my little Kaylee. And, um, you know, I talked to them and let them know they had nothing to feel bad about. Uh, they all did a great job. Again, it was a cold case before it was a missing person case. I thought the prosecution did a good job. I, I thought that Linda Burdick, on uh, her closing statements, um, I, I think uh, I myself thought she put the final nail in the coffin on that one. Uh, so yeah, it was a it was a huge surprise, uh, you know. And and it was the same Katie that uh, that I met uh, three years ago in the house. So, you know, I, I anticipated she would do in some way maybe break down and cry or something, but uh, of course she celebrated like it was a victory for her. Yeah. Um, I was very angry over that. There, it, you know, it certainly wasn't a victory. You know, this was, in some ways I feel the, uh, the media almost did to her what they did to Bjorn Vandersloot is a, uh, they almost turned Bjorn into a, uh, a celebrity. They almost turned the Casey into a celebrity, and, and I think everybody really forgot. Uh, they, for, they basically forgot little Kaylee. Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, now there will never ever be justice for Kaylee, and, and that's the the very sad, sad part. There will never be justice for that little girl. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, uh, of course, I've been meeting with my attorney, and, and he's working with another attorney and and stuff. And, um, you know, I've got to protect our donors, and, and we have never sued anybody as EquiSearch. And I, and I personally have never sued anybody uh, in my life. I did do the medical examiner on the mistakes he made on, on Laura's body, but we walked away from that penniless and we can go into that story another day but you know on, on Jose Bias's opening statements I got furious Dana mm -hmm. when he said Kaylee never was missing mm. and it's like oh my god why did you all call us yeah. we didn't call you you guys called us we're an organization that searched for missing people and I'm damn proud of what we've done in the past, and I want to be proud of what we do in the future. And the only way we can continue doing that is, is through our funding. So I am uh, right now looking at all the options that we can look at to go ahead and file a lawsuit. Okay. Uh, to go ahead and recruit, re regroup, and uh, and recoup. I mean, the hundred and twelve. Uh, plus thousand dollars that we spent on that case for a child that was never missing, and that's according to. So, uh, and again, I, I think we owe that to our donors. Yep. I, you know, I remember several phone calls that came in when we was doing the search for for Kaylee from other family members that really needed us, that really had a missing child, that were really being honest with us, which there was not one honest word that ever came out of 
any family's mouth in the Anthony family uh, to me about Caleb. And uh, so, you know what? We neglected the families that needed us. We spent, uh, again, $112,000 plus. And, uh, and I think it's only fair that we try to, to rec- uh, uh, recoup that, that, that money to help the, uh, the families in the future. And, of course, we're only one phone call away from a, um, a, a, another missing child case. So... You know, it, it all happened at the worst time in our history, the worst economic time when our donations are lower than they've ever been. And, and I feel that, again, we've been lied to, uh, we've been used, we've been abused, we've been slandered to Anthony's, and uh, we all went there for one mission, 4,200-plus people, one mission, and that's looking uh, for a little girl that uh, the mother... And the attorney says never missing. That's right. Yeah, for sure. So I uh, hope I'm not running just on emotion right now. You know, I ran this through our board of directors. I, uh, uh, you know, I've given it some thought. And again, I'm not saying that we're going to sue, but I'm telling you this much. We are certainly looking at every option that we have on a possible lawsuit. Absolutely. Listen, Tim, I appreciate your time. Tim Miller from Texas EquiSearch. Tell the folks quickly again how they can uh, donate towards this very worthwhile cause. TXEQ.org. Just go to our website, and, uh, you know, every time helps. Let's pray there's never another Kaylee case. Um, if there is, we'll, we'll be there. You know, I won't change anything. I, I don't regret doing that search. Uh, but again, we don't like being lied to and used, so, you know, we've got to take the action that, uh, that we can legally take. Absolutely. Tim Miller, thank you, my friend. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. That's Tim Miller, Texas EquiSearch, and, uh, I don't blame him. I hope he does sue that family. Uh, there was a lot of money and a lot of resources, uh, spent on, uh, a case where, even the lead attorney himself, Jose Baez, says the little girl was never missing. This is Scared Monkeys Radio. I'm Dana Pretzer. We'll be right back. Okay, I want to play something for you now, and I don't know if it makes much sense to analyze the past, but uh, I've, I've always wanted to do this, and I was going to kind of uh, sit back and, and wait until the, you know the, the um, verdict came through. This is an interview that I did, and I'm queuing it up, and I apologize if I uh, don't get a starter rate exactly, uh, but it'll just be a few seconds, and it will start with Cindy Anthony. Very early on in this case, I interviewed Cindy Anthony twice, talked to George Anthony on the phone several times, uh, had planned a third interview, and a uh, fellow by the name of Larry Garrison kiboshed that, uh, and we um, all know what happened in that situation. But listen closely to Cindy Anthony's words to me. And I remember when I did the interview, of course, I'm always criticized for throwing out softballs. And I'm not accusatory when it comes to doing interviews. I let the people talk. And I think analyzing their words after is probably just as interesting as me, uh, Nancy gracing them, yelling and pounding my fist. Listen to the grandmother in this case very early on and some of the language that she uses. Listen to our conversation about this organization called Texas EquiSearch. You just heard Tim Miller. And then I'll come back, and I'm following in the forum and see what you uh, all think of that. Round, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back here on the Dana Prenzer Show. You're listening to Scared Monkeys Radio. Once again, here's your host, Dana Prenzer. 
Okay, we're back. Uh, I want to give you an update on the case of the missing uh, little girl from Orlando, Florida, Kaylee Anthony, and remind you to go to the website that talks about uh, her disappearance, www.helpfindkaylee.com. That's www.helpfindkaylee.com. And on the line with me is Kaylee's grandma, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi, good evening, Dana. Uh, you must be exhausted with uh, media requests and media interviews and, and all that, so I certainly won't keep you very long. Uh, but I thought I would call and, and get an update. I have uh, three or four questions here that my audience uh, and I would like to ask. First of all, uh, how are you and George coping? Oh, I don't even know. I mean, we both went all day and didn't even eat until about nine o'clock this afternoon, you know, this evening. So we didn't even realize we hadn't eaten. That's the type of day that we've had, and that's the typical type of day that we've had. So you never know what's going to come in play. You plan something, and then it changes, you know, as the day goes on. So we just learn to go with the flow. Absolutely. The media have been all over uh, this story continual. Uh, I know you did a uh, rather lengthy interview with Greta Van Susteren, um, and other networks have been covering this. But some of the news that came forward today... Uh, uh, was that there was a visit to your home uh, from uh, crime scene investigators once again. Can you comment on that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have no problem with that. We've been working very closely with them from day one um, on, um, you know, looking for anything um, that could help us find Keeley. And, um, you know, we've told them from day one our home's an open, open door for them. So if there's anything that they want to look at or anything they want to check out, you know, they're free to come and go, and essentially, um, you know, they they needed to come and check out a few things today, so we allowed them to come in the house and, you know, let them do their thing. Have you uh, uh, spoken to your daughter today? No, I have not spoken with her for, um, it'll be week tomorrow. Okay. Um, so... One thing that, uh, Cindy, that absolutely puzzles me uh, when it comes to this investigation, and please correct me if I'm wrong and I don't mean to be intrusive, uh, but I believe uh, from listening to to interviews, uh, listening to you, talking to you, talking to your husband, uh, that you and your husband believe that uh, uh, Kaylee is alive and she's being held somewhere. Am I correct? Well, I mean, that's... You know, you know that's what our feeling is. Um, that's what um, we believe. Um, it's hard to say day by day. You know, if those things are gonna, if our feelings are gonna change. But our gut feeling in in our heart, we know she's still out there, and we get a lot of people that feel the same way. I mean, call it intuition, call it you know whatever. Um, connected to her, and just like the intuition that I knew something was wrong the day that I, you know, Casey and I um, finally connected, and Kayla was there that made me pick up the phone and you know call for assistance. It's the same feeling that I have that Kaylee's okay. I just need to, you know, I guess I need to learn patience. But I wanted her, you know, a few weeks ago. I want her now. I want her especially before Saturday. Right. Um, as you know, it's her birthday. So right. I'm getting more and more impatient every day. It's just harder and harder every day to wake up and not have her here and not see her and hear her little voice and give her a hug and just all the normal things that you know you do with her. 
you know, in, in investigators, I'm sure, have shared things uh, with you that you can't disclose, but something that you have disclosed is that, and you have concerns about are some of the mistruths that have, have come forward, some of the lies. Uh, the media really focused on the gas and the shovel and, and, and things like that, but if we were to stick with the hypothesis that, that uh, and hopefully it's true, uh, that Kaylee is alive and she's being held somewhere, do you think that that's somewhere in the area where you live or that Casey would know where that would be? Well, you know, Casey's maintained from day one that she doesn't know where Kaylee is. She knows who has Kaylee, or at least who started out having Kaylee. I'm sure at this point, whoever took Kaylee has has to have some assistance because it's very hard, I would think, to keep a child hidden, you know, by yourself for any length of time like this has come through. And I would think that, you know... Um, and this person would have had assistance as the person that Casey has said that um, has Kaylee. But she's maintained from day one that she doesn't know where Kaylee's at, and she is full for her safety. And that's part of, you know, part of the issues that Casey's had from the beginning. She tried very hard to um, locate this person and hang with people that could help her figure out where this person is so that she could retrieve Kaylee without um, incident and certainly without harm. Um, so... You know, I can't go into particulars, but things that we've talked with the um, authorities, um, because, you know, we just don't want to jeopardize Kaylee's safety in any way. Is there a concentrated search? That's another puzzle that, uh, uh, you know, I'd like to ask about. I know in my program here, Cindy, that I've worked very closely with an organization called Texas Search, who specialize in going and search, searching for the missing. Is there actually an organized search that's going on? And have you or your family considered contacting an organization like Texas EquiSearch to help with look? Well, you know, this is the first I've heard of that organization. Again, you know, we're novices at all this. So we really don't know what's available out there to us unless someone, you know, has brought that to our attention and we'll reach out to them. So certainly, um, if there's an organization out there available that would help us with an organized search, we, you know, I'll reach out in a heartbeat. And so when we're off the air, if you give me that information, certainly tomorrow I'll reach out to them. Now, if there's a you know, organized neighborhood search or anything like that. Um, I'm not sure um, if that's going to happen or if it is when it's going to happen. Um, that, again, will have to come down to the authorities. Now, what George and I and Lee have been trying to organize is through volunteers, you know, with fires and things like that. And um, our, the calls that we make when we go out, if we have a tip in a certain area, there's an ability for us to use our network to make calls in the area just to kind of let them know that there is a child alert. So with that, that's kind of as organized as we can get. Um, so, you know, we have people in certainly all over the Orlando area and surrounding um, Central Florida area, but we've got people, um, you know, like in Miami and Sarasota and different places throughout the United States that we've either had tips or we've had um, you know, leads or even suggestions from Casey. I mean, right on, on the beginning, she did give the authorities several different locations um, for them to check into, and I know they have been. It's just, you know, it's just a long process. You know, uh, Cindy, and this is my last question, I really appreciate your time because I know how exhausted you are. Um, we as parents and we as grandparents, we do what we can to protect and, and shelter our children, and, and we want to believe everything that we can to make sure that 
all will be right, uh, that your granddaughter will be home for her, her birthday, uh, that she, she's alive. Uh, I hate to be blunt like that. Uh, right. but, but, um, you know, deep down, absolutely as deep down as you can. And I, I, I admire the faith that you and your husband are, are showing, uh, in the commitment to, to get answers. But deep down at night, do you, uh, like you say, you're getting patient. Uh, when will the time be that you say enough is enough? Well, you know, naturally, if there's anything concrete that proves otherwise. Um, right now, um, again, unless I wake up and get a, a sick feeling that she's no longer with me, right. you know, then, you know, I still believe and I have every reason to believe because I know um, Casey has been a wonderful mother. And, um, you know, that there's, there's, and she had, you know, if she wanted to step back, she had a reason. So it's not like, you know, she got tired of being a mom or anything like that, or she was a single mom by herself and had nowhere to turn if she needed to step back and become a 22-year-old again. Right. Um, so that's not the case. I mean, Casey, I think she's she's demonstrated uh, mother qualities that, oh, my gosh, you know, the ones that I know that I had that my mom showed me and her mom showed her. But, I mean, she's exhibiting things far beyond what I could even teach her. So I'm, I am very confident, and everybody that knows Casey knows her with Kaylee. You know, there's no doubt in her mind that she's had no hand in any um, um, premeditated or any um, demise of Kaylee. So, you know, the only thing that I worry about is the person or persons that may have Kaylee may um, be worried at this point because, you know, they don't didn't realize that this was going to be on the national level that it was when it first started out in June that may get scared. And that's the thing that frightens me day by day, you know, minute by minute, the second by second, that someone may feel that, you know, if we are getting closer to them and locating them, they may end up just trying to do something and get rid of Kaylee, and that is my biggest fear. Not that Casey had a hand in it, but that someone's going to have a change of heart. And I just hope if someone's out there listening that has Kaylee, you know, I will be the first one to go for, you know, um, a, a bat if you have a change of heart and bring her in, or if you can be anonymous and, you know, just give her to the authorities in some way or station hospital or whatever right. just like they tell you know moms that don't feel like they could be a mom to abandon their ch- child only into a safe situation you know don't leave on the street corner all by herself in the middle of the night but put her place or somewhere where an adult can see her and you know and um, contact the authorities um, and you know I will I will forgive if you can bring her back safely to us Cindy, uh, give my best to George. And uh, what I will do is, if you check your email uh, later tonight sure. or tomorrow, I'll send you some information, and we'll Great. We'll, I would appreciate that. we'll stay in touch. Uh, Cindy Anthony, right. thank you. Thank you so much, Dan. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. Well, one thing that we can say for sure is that uh, we're going to get some answers in this case. Yeah, and we did. Uh, well, the, the the jury didn't get the answers that they wanted for a conviction, I guess. But I think we know the answers, and Cindy Anthony, you can analyze that old interview as you see fit. I just find it interesting 
all these years later to sit back and listen to the language at that time, the terms like premeditation and Casey having a hand in this, just how much was known actually at that time. That's it. My name's Dana Pretzer. Uh, one thing for sure, on this channel, we are all about getting justice for those that deserve it. Kaylee Marie Anthony does deserve justice. She's in a special place in heaven. The person who took her life will have a special place in hell. I'm Dana Pretzer. We'll see you again real soon. You've been listening to the Dana Pretzer Show on Scared Monkeys Radio. We invite you to discuss tonight's program with other listeners by joining us at scaredmonkeysradio.com, where you'll find program archives, links to tonight's guest websites, and further information regarding tonight's topics. Scared Monkeys Radio is a production of scaredmonkeys.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.